death to follow. The Lord said, pray something like this. And the disciples said, well, Lord, how do we pray? Teach us to pray. The Lord said, well, you can pray something like this. And uh, we know it as the Lord's Prayer, but it's certainly not a prayer that the Lord would have prayed because during that prayer, we, it says, forgive us our debts, forgive us our sins. Uh, we say, forgive us our trespasses. Uh, the Lord wouldn't have prayed that because he was sinless. But we see uh, the structure in the Lord's Prayer. We see our relationship, our Father. And that's the relationship that we have with God. And it was incredible how the Lord um, presented God um, as a, a, a father-son relationship to us. When we come to know Christ as our Savior, that we have that uh, restoration with God and we are able to call him our Father. We saw our reality that he is in heaven right now, which art. He is, not he was, or not he will be. He is ever-present. His name, um, I am that I am, means that he is the self-sufficient one, that he is outside of time. He um, always has been, always was, always will be. He is. That's our reality. Our Father, which art. Um, our realization is that he, he is in heaven. Heaven, when you think of it, um, immediately springs to mind a place of beauty, glory, power, where God is praised um, without any uh, uh, kind of hindrance whatsoever. Um, so immediately we, we recognize the fact that we have that access into the heavenlies right now because we can come boldly before the throne of grace. Uh, we saw that our responsibility is that we see this it's never in the, the, the singular person, the first person. It's our Father. If you know Christ as your Savior, He's our Father. The, the, the Lord is not saying that we come and we pray, My Father, give me this day my daily bread. Me, me. It's not about us, it's about Him, and it's about the collective body of believers. And then last week, we looked at our reverence. Uh, we looked at the reverence, hallowed be thy name, having reverence for God's character, hallowed be thy name. We looked at having reverence for God's cause, uh, thy kingdom come. Uh, that's why Christ came to this earth, to um, bring in the kingdom. Israel was promised a kingdom. Israel will still receive a kingdom. That's the purpose of the millennium. Regardless of whether people think that God has done away with Israel, regardless of whether people think that the church has replaced Israel, it's not what the Bible says. Uh, there will be a kingdom. Uh, that's God's cause. And then the, we have reverence for God's call. Thy will be done. God's call for each and every one of us is for his will to be done in our lives. And you might say, well, I don't know what God's will is for my life. It's God's will for you to read your Bible. It's God's will for you to pray. It's God's will for you to be in church. It's God's will for you to witness. It's God's will for you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. That is the perfect and acceptable will of God. Our reverence ought to be for his call. Thy will be done. And the entire first half of this model prayer is completely focused on God. And you've heard me say before, we shouldn't come to the Lord just with our shopping list. Now then, that doesn't mean that we can't come to the Lord with our shopping list because the latter half of the prayer then goes on to talk about the needs that we have. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9, uh, the Lord said, After this manner therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Father, we thank you again for this day, for this time together, and for this precious word that we have in front of us. And Lord, we just ask that you would help us when it comes to praying in our daily walk. We pray that you would help us, Lord, that our prayers would be solely focused upon you, that we would bring you glory and honor and praise uh, when it comes to our prayer life. We recognize the fact that prayer is certainly lacking in the modern day church today. And Father, we pray that you would turn that around, that you would give us the desire to, to just spend time at your feet and that we would, might see an incredible difference within the church. Uh, the closer we get to you, the more fervent we are in our prayer, the more constant we are 
in our prayer. And then, Lord, we pray that we would see the effects of that, in our, not just in our lives, but in our church as well. So, Father, would you help us as we look uh, at the, uh, the next part of this prayer where the Lord talks about giving us this day our daily bread and that you would help us to see what that entails and what that means for each and every one of us. And we just pray now, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts in a wonderful way, for we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. So the first half of the prayer focuses on the Lord. We are exalting God uh, as Father. We are taught to pray for his glory. We're taught to pray for his kingdom. We're taught to pray for his will. And everything centers, as it should, around God. Um, we, it, it centers around God, it centers around his glory, it centers around his honor. But now we are taught to pray for ourselves. Uh, now you might think on the, surf, on the surface this might be narrow, it, it might be selfish in nature, uh, but it's not. Uh, in the first part of this prayer, uh, everything is spiritual. In the second part of this prayer, everything seems to be sensual or um, selfish or fleshy in nature um, and, and sometimes I suppose we think well if we keep saying about not bringing our shopping list before the Lord and we should be focused on the Lord we should be glorifying the Lord are we allowed to pray for our needs of course we are um, it's not a case but I suppose what we've been saying and, and what the Lord is trying to get to here is that we don't rush into God's presence with our shopping list straight away and say, right, okay, Lord, this is what I need. You know, there's a process to follow. You know, we, we come into God's presence, but we glorify and honor him. You know, we are telling him that, hey, this prayer is not about me, it's about you. The Lord knows that we have needs, and the Lord can take care of those needs. But instead of just rushing in and thrusting our shopping list in his face and saying, there we are, take care of that, I'll see you in the morning. He wants us to spend time at his so, what we see tonight then is our request. Give us this day our daily bread. And we see um, in this request the supplication, give. And you might, think, well, that, you might think, well, that sounds a bit, wait a minute, that sounds a bit demanding. You know, if, if the kids came uh, to us and said, hey, give me this, give me food, give me my toys, give me... Money, give me. You'd be like, whoa, settle down. Cupcake, what's going on? Drop the attitude. And you might think that's, that's a, a, bit, a bit harsh. Um, but what this is doing is this is pointing to the fact that God is the source of our blessings and our needs, and he is the one that can meet them. The word give in this, in this petition is simply reminding us of not only the unconditional love of God, which is what Alistair talked about this morning, it's also reminding us about the grace of God. He gives because he can. He gives because he wants to. Anything we have is given to us because of God's grace and God's mercy. Oftentimes our attitude is, well, I've worked for this, and I've built up this, and I've done this. We've done nothing other than what the Lord has allowed us to have and what the Lord has given us and what the Lord has blessed us with. Well, I'm the one who worked and paid my mortgage and I'm the one who did the house and I'm the one, where did all that come from? Everything we have belongs to the Lord. You know, we need to recognize that it's anything in this world. Yeah, but the thing is, you know, if, if we buy a car, then all the parts, all the parts came from somewhere, which came from the elements of the ground which were created by him. Yeah, but the money I have in my bank was printed on elements that were from the ground <laughs> which came from him. Everything we have, there's nothing that we have that has not come from the Lord. Everything belongs to him. He's just letting us borrow it for a little time. He blesses us and supplies our needs, our accomplishments, our deeds, our abilities, our, 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 our merits are not pleaded here. We don't come before him and say, right, Lord, because I am upright, Lord, because I am uh, a spotless Christian, because I deserve it, can you give me this? We're not coming before him and pleading our cause or pleading our merits in order to obtain 
He gives because of his mercy. He gives because of his love. He gives because of his grace. He gives because of who he is, not because of who we are. And we come before him and we appeal to his mercy, not to our merits. We come and we appeal to his grace, not to our goodness. Um, You know, we, we think we deserve what God owes us. And that's not how it works. God doesn't owe us anything. We'll not get much if we make our appeal on our basis. Okay, Lord, give me because I deserve. We don't deserve anything. Believe it or not, we didn't even deserve salvation. And that might come as a shock to you, but if we deserved salvation, it wouldn't be grace. If we deserved salvation, it wouldn't have been mercy. Because we didn't deserve salvation, we see God's grace, God's mercy, and God's love in absolute perfection and harmony towards us. We don't get much based on our appeal, but we appeal to him in faith. We appeal to his mercy, to his compassion, to his faithfulness, to his grace. And that leads then to his blessings upon our lives. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. That is our supplication. We come to our request, and our supplication is, Lord, give. Not because I'm demanding, not because I'm good or because I'm deserving, but because of who you are, because of your grace, because of your mercy, because of your love. That's the supplication, give. And then we see the selflessness, because it's not about us as individuals. Have you noticed, we said this a couple of times now, the personal pronouns are not mentioned. It doesn't say, give me this day my daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. That's how he taught us to pray. Yeah, the, the problem of the world today is that people think there's not enough to go around. There's plenty to go around. God made sure of that. The problem is not the supply of life's essential needs. It's the distribution of what is available by those who hoard what God has already provided. And this prayer teaches us not to be selfish. Because let's be honest, when we come before the Lord with our shopping list, we're like, right, Lord, I need this. And I need you to do this. And I need this to be sorted, and this to be sorted. I need you to take care of this in my life. I need you to take care of this. But the body of Christ is far bigger than just us as individuals. God wants to build a mutual care and concern for one another. You know, the one thing I really love about being a part of this church is how much of a praying church it is. You know, and listen, I, I will openly admit, and I, I, people have said this to me, I am useless with texting. Um, I am hopeless. I always remember to text people back. Um, and I hold my hands up. But do you know what I'm amazed at? Is if I forgot to te- if I forget to text somebody and say, hey, praying for you, I know that there's about 10, 15 other people in the church that have already texted them. I love this church for that. You know, the amount of people said, oh, thanks, thanks for phoning, Pastor, thanks for texting. So-and-so's already phoned and so-and-so's already texted and, you know, I had a message off this and, you know, the Men of Valor group of texts and the Sisters of Strength groups have, uh, have asked for prayer and that's what it's all about. Give us this day. It's, it's about us collectively as a body of believers, as a, as a body of Christ. We are to pray for one another. And God wants to build that mutual um, concern and care between us through prayers. He, he, pray, he commands us to pray, give us, not give me. And every time we pray from our heart and every time we pray for one another, we recognize the fact that we are all in this walk together. We are all, we're not racing against one another. And we need to understand that. We're in a race, we understand that. But we're not racing against one another. You know, we don't look at the person next to us and think, right, as long as I can beat them. Because that's kind of sometimes the attitude. We, we, we can be competitive. Joe used to go 
crazy because I'd play games with the kids and it's like, she's like, let them wait. Like, no way. They've got to learn. We, we, we banned board games in our house. Not because the kids were competitive, but just I wouldn't let them win. Because we want to win, don't we? And that's it. And sometimes that bubbles over in our Christian life. It's like, well, it doesn't matter uh, what I've done to mess up or slip up as long as I beat them. That's not how it works. We're meant to encourage one another. You know, it, it excites us sometimes when we see somebody fall by the wayside because we're like, oh, great. I never made that mistake. I didn't fall that hard. I didn't make that kind of mess up of my life. Now I feel good about myself. That's not how it works. What we're meant to do is go over and say, hey, come on, get up. Let's, 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 let's complete this race together. Because we're not racing against one another. This is not a sprint to the finish line. You know, that's the incredible thing when you watch Who's ever seen the London Marathon? Anybody ever watched the London Marathon? I know it's on a Sunday while when you're in church. I hope you watch it on repeat. <laughs> but you know, the incredible thing about the marathon is, you know, yeah, they kind of say, oh, this is the one that won, you know, this is the person that won and he's done in some ridiculous time, which you probably just about do it that type of time in a car. But, like, once they're done, then you kind of see all the people helping one another out, you know, dressed up in all kinds of ridiculous costumes, and, but they're kind of not racing against one another it's it's a personal race but they're also helping one another out as well you know, there's one guy who did the london marathon in a deep sea diving suit i think it took him like two weeks to do it something ridiculous like that but he, he did it but he had the encouragement just to keep going you know, sometimes we feel like this race is a sprint Maybe as you get older, it feels like a sprint because you think, well, that finish line's getting, getting pretty close pretty quick. But it's not a sprint. We're all in this together, and that's why the Lord teaches us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. It is a broadening petition because we're not just depending on God for practical provisions. We're committing ourselves to be the answer to somebody else's prayer. Maybe the Lord's going to use you to meet the need that somebody else has prayed for. Give us this day our daily bread, okay? But before I give you that, I need you to be the blessing to somebody else because they have a need right now. And then in turn, God's going to use somebody else to be the blessing to you. 1 Corinthians 10, 24 says, Let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. We are... Keep doing that. I keep putting my... We are to be concerned about the needs of others and not our own. That's not part of the scripture. That's my notes. But we're meant to be concerned about the needs of others. Not just our own needs. But sometimes we can get so... tunnel vision we're just looking at ourselves you know it's interesting sometimes when you know you, 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 you see people who are really struggling from a health point of view and you think those poor people and do you know what they say yeah but there's people worse off than me you know we're not meant to be just focused on ourselves I, I read this Story. I was actually going to use this as an illustration a couple of weeks ago, but um, I don't, didn't have time to use it. But it, it's about an old couple um, that went to a, a, a small hotel late, late one night, stormy night, and they asked for a room. <clears throat> but the guy at the front desk explained that there were three conventions in town and the hotel was completely full. But he said, I can't see a lovely couple like you and be thrust out onto the street in the rain at one o'clock in the morning, so I, you're more than welcome to stay in my room. Well, the old couple were absolutely over the moon. And the next morning, when the man paid his bill, he said, you are the kind of manager who should be the boss of the best hotel in the United States. Maybe one day I'll build one for you. The clerk just thought that the man was joking. A few years passed, and one day the clerk received a letter from the elderly man recalling that stormy night and asked him to come to New York for a visit. 
A round-trip ticket was enclosed, and when the clerk arrived, his host took him to the corner of Fifth Avenue and 34th Street, where they stood a magnificent new building. That, explained the man, is the hotel that I have just built for you to manage. You must be joking, said the clerk. I'm not, came the reply. Who are you, stammered the clerk. My name is William Waldo Astor. And that hotel was the original Waldorf Astoria. And the young clerk who became its first manager was George C. Bolt. We reap what we sow. When we sow love and generosity towards others, the Bible says that that's what we reap in return. But when we reap, when we sow selfishness and bitterness and anger, how can we expect to receive love in return from other people? We reap what we sow. That's the Lord of Scripture. Jesus said in Luke 6, 38, Give, and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over. Shall men give in the bosom, for with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. We see the supplication, give. We see the selflessness, give us our. And then we see the schedule. Give us this day our daily bread. The schedule of God's provision for his children is this day, is daily. The meaning here is simply that of regular day-by-day supply of our needs. Give us today our daily bread. God is fostering us a daily dependence on him. And that's what it says in Psalm 86.3. Be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee daily. You know, when you go back um, to the wilderness, when the manna came daily, there was a daily dependence upon the Lord. But we kind of live in a society now where we have everything. Well, let me ask this question. How many of you remember shopping only for a day's worth of groceries at a time? Can you remember that? Now, that seems alien to our generation because we go to Tesco's, stuff lasts forever. You know, Bread's not meant to last for a week. In America, the bread lasts for a month. It's like, it truly is like one molecule short of plastic. It shouldn't last that long. And there's so many preservatives and additives in our food, but we kind of, we're used to the fact that, hey, I shop for a week and, you know, we're good to go. You don't have to go battling the crowds uh, anymore. Just take care of the week's shopping. But what the Lord is saying here it is, is that we are to rely upon the Lord just one day at a time. He, he, he tells us elsewhere in Scripture, don't worry about tomorrow's needs. Because guess what? There's enough stuff going on today for us to kind of worry about and get through. How many of you have kind of stayed up all through the night because you worried about what's going to come tomorrow? And then when you start worrying about tomorrow, it's like, oh yeah, I've also got this coming up the week after. And in fact, I, I've also got the month after that, this is kind of, and do you know what, next year, and before you know it, you've worried about so much, we just need to depend upon the Lord today. Just, just today. Just take one day at a time. That's what the Lord is trying to stress you. The schedule is today. Give us this day. Let's not worry about tomorrow or the day after or the week after or the month after or next year or 10 years' time. But we want to have that 10-year plan, don't we? How many of you have, have, have got a 10-year plan right now? Okay, let's, let's, let's lower the bar a bit. Perhaps you think, oh, in 10 years' time, I'm not going to be here. Okay, how many of you have got a five-year plan? How many of you think, right, this is, this is kind of what I want to achieve in the next... Anybody got a plan at all? Nobody, nobody got a retirement or pension or nothing. Well, when you lot retire, this church is going down. But we kind of want to make sure that, hey, the retirement plan's in place, the pension's in place. That, and we do, we do think that far ahead. 
But what the Lord is trying to get us to understand is there just needs to be a daily dependence upon Him. Nothing wrong with having plans. Don't think I'm saying, hey, you shouldn't have a pension, because you should. Because again, when you retire, you still need to pay your tithe. Um, so you should have a pension. You should have some kind of retirement plan. You should have a plan to say, right, okay, this is kind of where we see ourselves in X amount of years' time. But spiritually, there needs to be a daily dependence upon the Lord. And that's what he's trying to get us to understand here. We are to rely upon the Lord just one day at a time. The Lord wants to hear from us, not at the beginning of the week when we do our shopping. The Lord doesn't want to just hear from us on a Sunday and say, right, Lord, this is my need for the whole week. See you next weekend. No, he wants us to come before him every single day. He wants that daily dependence. He wants that, that we come before him every single day. When we come before him on a daily basis, that's where we get the contentment from. That's where we get that trust from. Say, okay, Lord, I'm just going to trust you for today's needs. Okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you for tomorrow's needs. And maybe you're here tonight and you think, well, I've never been in that position. I've never had to worry about tomorrow. I'll give you an example. When we first went into the ministry, do you know that there were several times of the year that I absolutely hated and they were school holidays. Not because my kids were off, because it was less spending time. Before you think, oh, he beats them at board games and he doesn't want to spend any time with them. It wasn't the fact that, um, you know, they were at home. It was the fact that they were going to cost money. And when we were first in the ministry, our budget was literally that tight that we did not have the budget for the kids to be home from school. And you're literally praying, Lord, just get us through today. Lord, just get us through. And you would be amazed at how many times on a Sunday night, Monday half term has come in, and on a Sunday night I'd go into my office when it was there, and there would just be an envelope on my desk. I have no idea to this day who has put those envelopes there or how, where they came from or who did it. But the Lord was just saying, I've got you. And meet your needs. Take one day at a time. Maybe sometimes we don't realize that the Lord does that until we're put in a position where we're like, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I don't know how I'm going to get through today. And I'm not just talking about physical provisions like food. I'm talking about our everyday need just to be with the Lord, whether that's anxiety, whether that's worry, fear, depression, whatever it might be. The schedule is every single day. Lord, meet my need today. When you think about it, it's so simple. Give us this day our daily bread. Back then, that was the staple. That was just the basic needs. He wasn't saying, Lord, give us this day my daily banquet. Lord, give us this day my daily feast. He was just saying, Lord, meet the absolute minimum of my provision every single day. And can I say this? That what that is telling me is that the Lord takes care of our minutest need and our minutest detail in our lives. And we come before him and say, Lord, just take care of this need of pain, of this need of worry of this need of stress of this need of anxiety just meet that daily need blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits even the God of our salvation no other line like this one in the Lord's prayer challenges us in the direction of today's world because the man on the street wants dependence and security for the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years. But the believer just says, Lord, just meet today's need. Let's just get through today. The rich man in Luke made that tragic mistake when he thought he had need of nothing. And he built bigger barns and he said, hey, I'm just going to eat, drink, and be merry. And what did the Lord say to him? The Lord said, thou fool. Today your soul is required. But he thought he was made. Built those barns. Made his fortune. 
that the Lord wasn't a part of those plans. Whether we are rich or poor, God wants us to depend upon him. Maybe the more money we have in our bank, the more dependent we become upon ourselves than we do upon him. And again, we just think about the children in the wilderness every single day. But what happened when they gathered up more bread than was needed? What happened when they gathered up more manna than was needed? Well, let's just gather up a couple of days' rich so we don't have to go out tomorrow. That didn't last past the 24 hours. Why? Because the Lord wanted them to depend on him every single day. That's the shared deal. Faith is simply the refusal to panic. And then we see the substance. Give us this day our daily bread. Daily bread refers to the necessities of life, food, and physical needs. It's not its luxuries. It's not something intricate. It is just the basic. Bread is just common. It is ordinary. Sometimes I think we, when we pray, we're always looking for God to do the miraculous instead of just coming before the Lord and saying, Lord, can you just take care of the basic needs? Some people complain that God doesn't answer prayer. The problem's not God, it's often the fact that people pray for their wants and not their needs. Sure, there's a whole host of things that we want. But God knows exactly what we need. The request is for God to supply our needs day by day. The expression, give us this day. Give us today our daily bread. It reflects a first century life in which workers received their pay daily. And we see that in the scripture, don't we? When the, field, the workers went out into the field, the picture of... Uh, salvation that no matter what uh, stage in life you come to know the Lord, the payment is the same. But they receive their daily wage. Um, so the people of this day would know exactly what the Lord was talking about. Uh, asking God to provide our needs does not free us from the responsibility of work. And it's not like we can say, right, okay, I'm praying for God to meet my needs and therefore now I don't have to do anything. I'll sit back, my feet up and just... Trust the Lord. No, he wants us to work. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. So the Lord is not saying, just depend on me and you don't have to do a day's work in your life. God satisfies our needs partially by giving us the ability and the opportunity to be able to earn a living. Like I said right at the beginning, Everything we have comes from the Lord. If you went to college to study for something, guess what? That ability that you have to retain information or to be good at something, that ability came from the Lord. If you've built up your own business, that's come from the Lord. If you've provided for your family, ultimately that's come from the Lord. Praying for daily bread reminds us that we are to pray for the material as well as the spiritual. One of the precious realities of our Christian life is that God cares for the simple, ordinary, day-to-day things. The greatness of our God lies in his descent to meet us where we are, to realize that my God shall supply all you will need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So what does this word daily refer to? What's really interesting, and I only read this this afternoon, um, that the, the Greek word um, meaning daily, epiusis, um, the fact that until a short time ago, there was no other known occurrence of this word in the whole of Greek literature. Um, and I found that absolutely fascinating. Oregon knew this, and indeed held that Matthew had invented the word. Um, it was therefore not possible to, sure, to be sure what precisely it meant. But not very long ago, a papyrus fragment was found with this word upon it. 
The papyrus fragment was actually a woman's shopping list. And against an item on it was the word epiusis. It was a note to remind her to buy supplies of a certain food for the coming day. Very simply, what this petition means is, give me the things that we need to eat for this coming day. Help me to get the things, if you like, I've got on my shopping list for this particular day. This is a simple prayer. You know, sometimes we think that we need to have big convoluted words that if we're not using these and those in our prayer, then our prayer doesn't mean anything. If we're not quoting at least three hymns, then our prayer is pointless. Listen, you're talking to a person who can't even remember the first line of most hymns. So if we're relying on quoting hymns in our prayers, I am in trouble. Our prayers don't require us to be able to quote at least 50% of the Old Testament. I'm thankful for that. Because all what God wants us to do is come before him simply and say, Lord, please just take care of my needs for today. Take care of today's needs. You know what I like about the fact that the Lord's prayer says, give us this day our daily bread. Far too many Christians are living on yesterday's bread. And it's nothing but, I mean, if you like moldy bread. Different now, we find with moldy cheese, we think that's like, it's posh then when we eat moldy cheese. What that about? But moldy bread, no way. You can smell it. You put it in the toast and think, oh, I'll be all right, scrape it off. Mm-hmm. That's not good. I don't care how much penicillin or whatever's in there, I'm not eating moldy bread. But if we feel that way about physical bread, why as believers are we still living on yesterday's moldy bread from a spiritual point of view? We are to walk with him day by day. We're not living our life today based on yesterday's blessings. We're living based on today's needs, today's blessings. We walk with him on a daily basis, trusting him for those needs in our lives. We need his righteousness for our sinfulness. We need his supply for our weakness. We need his patience for our haste. We need the bread of life, the Lord Jesus Christ, to nourish us every single day. Give us this day our daily bread. Robert McShane was a Scottish preacher that was greatly used by God. He died at the age of 29 and he said this, God will either give you what you ask or something better. Samuel Chadwick said, the one concern of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless studies, prayerless works and prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil, mocks at our wisdom but trembles when we pray. See, we have physical daily needs that we want the Lord to meet. But we have daily spiritual needs that we are desperate for the Lord to meet. Supplication, Lord, give. Because only you can do that by your grace and by your love. And by you, a power, give. That's a supplication. The selflessness, give us. We are in this together. We are to pray for one another. We are to bear one another's burden. That's the selflessness of our prayers, to pray for one another. The schedule, give us this day. We are to pray on a daily basis. We're not to come before the Lord on a Sunday and give him seven days' worth of needs and then say, hey, I'll see you next week. Give us this day our daily and the substance is bread. Physically, it's a simple need. What's the first? Let me ask this question. What's the first thing you go for when it snows? First thing you go for? Bread and milk. Why? Why? You probably never eat a loaf of bread in your life. You probably, even those who like got celiac and gluten intolerance. It's like, it's snowing, get bread and milk. 
But we feel that it's a basic need. There's so much you can do with it. Toast it, you can bake it, you can butter it, you can there's just loads of stuff you can do with it. Great. But we see that it's just a basic necessity. That's the substance. The Lord is talking about our basic needs. No coincidence that the Lord Jesus Christ referred to himself as the bread of life. Because that is the world's basic need is salvation. That can only be fulfilled by the bread of life. It's no coincidence that the bread of life was born in Bethlehem. Bet, house, lechem, bread. The bread of life was born in the house of bread so that he could meet and sustain our daily needs. I don't know what your need is here tonight. I have no idea where you are. I don't know if you were struggling in your walk. I don't know if you're battling with somebody at home, in work. And whether you're worried about something so much that it's keeping you up at night and you just cannot even pray because of the anguish and the pain you're in. I don't know what you need. But what I do know is the one who can meet that need. And you might think, well, I don't want to pray, but it's just so petty. <laughs> it could be nothing more petty than a slice of bread. But the Lord said, when you pray, you pray, give us this day our daily bread. No matter how small the need is, God is not too big of a God to meet the smallest of our needs. Father, we thank you again for this day, for this time together, and for this opportunity to come around your word. Lord, we are a body of people that has different needs. We're a group of people, Lord, whose, whose needs vary so much from one to the other. I'm thankful we serve a God who knows what those needs are. And that we serve a God who has the resources to meet each and every one of those needs, whether it's a physical need, a material need, a mental need, a spiritual need, whatever it might be. Father, I pray that you would help us tonight. I pray that you would help us as we come before you and ask for your help in a time of need. As we come to you and plead our case, as it were, that you would simply meet that need. We recognize the fact that we serve an incredible God. We're Spurgeon who said, when we worry about faith or when we worry about asking God for something, it's like a fish swimming in the ocean wondering if, if he was to drink a drop that he would drink the ocean dry. And that seems ridiculous. It's ridiculous for us to come before you and doubt what you were able to do in our life. We serve a God who can move mountains because he's the one that placed them in the first place. So Lord, would you just help us? Help those who have a, right now, as they pray and they might be coming to you and say, Lord, you know this is a problem in my life. Please, please deal with it. You know that this is an issue. Please, would you just meet that need? Father, I pray you'd lend a touch to those who need it most tonight. Lord, we'd be mindful to give you the glory, honor, and praise for it. Because when that need is met, it doesn't glorify us, but it glorifies you. So, Lord, we thank you for this day. And we pray once again that today's needs in our lives will be met. And we thank you for it. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing our last hymn together.
pen or as a close us in a word of prayer. Wonderfully pleased to be able to sing that tonight. It is well with my soul. Oh, Father, that is, we must rejoice in that. And we just think of those who cannot sing that truly. Oh, Father, you are so great a God. We've been reminded tomorrow, tonight, of what you taught us in that Lord's Prayer. Father, we come before you now and ask that you will supply our every need. Father, you know what we need. We think we may know what we need. The most important thing we need is you. And we thank you that we have, many of us have given our lives to you because of what you did on that cross at Calvary. And we pray, Father, that if there are any here or listening tonight who've heard that word, that tonight they may give their lives to you because you gave your life for them on Calvary. Oh, Father, help us this week to witness to others of what you have done for us in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray and thank you and bless us as we part one from another, but not from you. Father, we give you all the glory because of your great love for us. And we pray this in the precious name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ.